perfect Other days it just ain't working The good, the bad, the right, the wrong And everything in between So it's crazy, amazing We can turn our heart through the words we say Mountains crumble with every syllable Hope can live or die So speak life
I understand. All, yeah. all is well. All is well here in Northern Virginia. We are we are doing good. Uh, Tamari is a little under the weather, but you know she is still surviving. So all is well here. Everything is good. Uh, we had our first uh, basketball trials. I mean, basketball trials were last week, so we had our first practice today. We actually got a few flurries uh, last night. Um, we were not out of school or delayed, but there were some counties and cities around us that were. Uh, the, the, the snow flurries didn't actually uh, stick to the ground, but they did uh, <laughs> make a mess for people's cars. So, you know, we spent a few minutes cleaning that off. But all in all, everything is good. Everything is good. Glad to be back with you, Tammy, another Monday night. Uh Ready to get this show on the road? How's everything where you are? Good. We had a – it was really a pretty day here today. It wasn't very cold. Um, it was actually really nice. I, I didn't get to get out until later in the evening, but for a good while um, we had the door open and just let the, the good air breeze through. So it's really nice here. Now, I think we're going to get rain tomorrow, but it should kind of be in and out. As long as we don't get the snow, that's that's what I cannot deal with. So, well, I won't say I cannot deal with it. I don't like it. So as long as you just gotcha. keep that there, we're good. We're good. We're good. <laughs> I do want to – I have something. This is going to sound so crazy to you guys, but i got to tell you this. Rodney, or ask you this: Did you know that there is such a thing as cinnamon frosted flakes? Cinnamon? I thought there was already cinnamon on them. No, there is cinnamon frosted kind of flakes. Frosted flakes, y'all eat in Memphis. Y'all get the bootleg branch. No, I'm serious. <laughs> y'all got. <it. laughs> no, you guys have got to try. Cinnamon Frosted Flakes. I'm a lover of Frosted Flakes, Tony the Tiger. And there is such a thing. I don't know how. Like, they're so good. I want to find out how long they've been out and how did I miss it. So it is Cinnamon Frosted Flakes. Tony the Tiger has Cinnamon Frosted Flakes. Like, like I opened it and just ate it right out the box. (laughs) I feel like our Frosted Flakes already had cinnamon on them. Like you've been getting no, it's, are you talking about the blue box like the regular Frosted Flakes cereal? Maybe I'm thinking about Cinnamon Toast Crunch. I don't know. I only eat Cheerios. No. Well, you, you surely you know about Tony the Tiger with the Frosted Flakes, right? No. Well, you know, I'm not, I'm not. Uh, <laughs> I'm not racist. Yeah, I know about. I know about Tony the Tiger. I was going to say, because if not, I am never coming to Virginia. If y'all don't have frosted flakes, you ought to worry about me. Hey, look, we, we are not going to ban Tony the Tiger from uh, from coming to Virginia. He is welcome. I know there's a big ban going on, but we ain't going to ban Tony the Tiger from Virginia. Okay. All right. Okay. Well, that's my that's my, uh, my uh, throw out for the day. I, know, I don't think I've ever had a throw out like that, but... I just had to let you guys know they are so good. So if you don't know about it, if you've not tried them, try Cinnamon Frosted Flakes. They are wonderful. So, okay, getting back to the show. The chat line is open. 
and it really is this time. Yep, it is. And our phone lines are open, so just keep in mind, in order to be able to, well, to chat with us in the chat room, you will have to be a registered follower, and then you can kind of submit, you can listen in the chat room, submit your questions and comments as well there, and Rodney and I will will be, be back and forth in the chat room responding to them as quickly as possible. But if you have not, do register as a follower of the show, and that allows us to keep you updated uh, on the shows that are created and so forth. It's, it's just easier to log on and link in. The phone lines are open as well, and the number there, 818-691-7406. Again, 818-691-7406. And remember, you can listen and or comment using that number. If you have something to add to the show, want to come on live with us, just select the number one. We'll pull you in by providing the area code that you're calling from and the last four digits, again, of the number that you're calling from. Feel free to give your name or remain anonymous. That's totally up to you. I know sometimes Rodney and I will just call some of you out because we just kind of forget that you're, we don't know. We just call you out because you're a regular, I guess, and feel like we can. So if you want to be anonymous, just, you know, get your comments and questions in and don't tell us who you are. I also want to remind you of our trash can baby. I don't know if we did that uh, regularly this year, but I want to remind you of this because it, it just reminds me of change and the power of change, how we get so stuck into stuff and things and people, regardless of how it benefits our lives or not. We just kind of get stuck and caught up. And that's a single even with the topic tonight, again, friend of the world, we could we could pull a lot of that from just thinking about change and we'll get so conformed and, and just caught up in the world. Um, but the trash can baby is something that we ask you guys to do. And if you did it previously and have not for a while, try it again, try it again. If it's not the trash can, try something else. And what we ask is that you move your, or move something, preferably your trash can or something that you visit frequently, you're you are using frequently. Move it from one location to another and then monitor how often you return to its old location, the place that you moved it from. Just monitor how often or how long and or how long it takes you to to really get in the momentum of or really recognize I've moved this and I'm I'm now going to where I've moved it to. What you will find in most cases that you will for a little while and even sometimes in between the time where you, you now start to go where you've moved it to, you'll find that every now and then you'll go back to where it was. So do that and then monitor it. You know, keep a score of it. I always like to say this, if you have family members, children, spouse, Put a little chart on the refrigerator. Make a game of it and ask your family members to log the number of times that they've gone back to where it was. And then have a discussion about it and talk about why. Why do you think you returned to where it was? Um, and equate that to change, the power of change, what it takes to change. Uh, so just do that if you have not. And if you do, share with us. Come online and share with us um, one of these Mondays of how, what you think about it, how it worked for you or did not work, and what, what again, what's your thoughts about it. Um, also, another thing I know we have not said in a while is 
sow a thought, reap an action, sow an action, reap habit. And when we sow habit, we reap character, and our character becomes our destiny. Again, I want you to keep these things in mind as we move into tonight's topic. And I want to say that again. This is, this is I said about the trash can, it's the power of change. It kind of equates to the power of change. I'm just going to call this the power of our thoughts because so often we do not recognize where our thoughts or are sending us and where our thoughts have led us. And we get stuck in our thoughts sometimes as well. I was looking at a video today, and it was a wonderful video um, of a song. It was actually a sermon that was going on, and they they started to sing. Um, And it was, again, a beautiful sermon, not so bad of a song either, but something came to mind that sometimes we get so caught up in what has happened to us and those things that have happened to us rather than what God can do for us and has done for us. And so I'm even being mindful of what I listen to, which I've, I've always been that way, but more here lately, certainly, like what, I, what kind of music I listen to. And if it's like the song we started out with, Rodney Speak Life, um, it was hard to stop it tonight, as I said earlier, because it just, just got me going, got me flowing. So, again, it was just a simple video that um, no harm to it, but for where I am in my life, and, I, and that's what we have to recognize as well, stages. So if you are, if you find yourself saying, well, maybe I am, um, you know, I love this world. I am a friend of the world. It's okay if you recognize that and you're working your way out of that world because it is a process. It is a process to recognize it. It's a process to understand what that means. It is a process to determine what that means for your life, what areas of your life where you're still stuck in that world. Um, and, And then how do you move forward? How do you transition? And we're speaking from a spiritual level tonight because um, I know somebody's going to say, well, we, we have to be a friend of the world. I think after the show you might understand where we're coming from. So, uh, Rodney, anything you want to start with? And if not, um, or maybe read the show details, or I can if you don't have anything, if you want to get yours out and then I'll read the show details, or if you want to do both. Uh, I can. Uh, I do want to share this, and then I'll turn it back over to you. Um, okay. To to read that, um, but I do want to share this. So um, I, we did talk about how I went to uh, this community college and spoke a few weeks ago, and um, today I got a card in the mail from I don't know somebody who was there. Um, it came to my school and. Uh, it was somebody who was in the audience, and it just said, thank you <laughs> um, for for being at the um, for being at the at, at the college and speaking for Martin Luther King Day. So uh, that was that was uh, that was very refreshing um, just to be there and uh, to get a thank you card from uh, God knows who. Uh, but it just came in the in the uh, mail to my school today. Somebody uh, found me at the school and thought it was necessary to uh, to send me a card. 
just to say thank you and then okay. go to speak. So I do I do appreciate that. That is something to appreciate because that doesn't happen often in these days anymore. Thank you, no. So even thank you, you know, in person. Um, it just doesn't happen a lot. So I agree with you. Much to be thankful and for. And I will there. say this, Taylor, Still, before, before you read before you read the show description, I will say this, and uh, I believe it's uh, John seventeen sixteen, where it talks about how we are, um, how we uh, live in the world. Because you just said somebody said that you know we have to be friends of the world, but the scripture says that we live in the world, but we are not of it. Mhm, mhm. Right. Okay. Great point. All right. So let's see here. Let me get to. The episode info. Okay, friend to the world. Are you a friend of the world conformed to the temporary vein or materialistic themes of this world? What is the world? What does it mean to be a friend of the world? How or does this worldly love hinder spiritual and or personal growth? Do you know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Whoever, therefore, wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy to God. And that comes from James 4. And then from there, just ask you to join us tonight. I want to start by sharing um, a couple of things. I'm going to make it a bit personal first. I, the way I look at this, for me, I found myself uh, over the past couple of years, I don't know exactly, I can't pinpoint the time, but over the years, I found where I I really enjoy uh, being home, and in, in in most cases, being home alone. Like I'm I'm finding that I'm growing. I have I started not 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 just recently. I started growing um, impatient with the world. Like if I go out, and sometimes even 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 now, it's it's worse. Getting worse, and that's not. I'm not saying that that's a good thing, and I'll come back to that. But um, I find that when I go out, I only want to be out for a short while, and I don't want to be around like a lot of people. Like I want my circle, I want my 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 space kind of limited to just a few people, um, and a lot of people. If it's people that I feel, I guess connected to, and that I feel are in a conscience state of mind, um, spiritually growing. And for a long time, I think I felt like, oh, well, it's not spiritual, it's not godly to not want to be around uh, everybody. And so the more I've grown, the more I've grown to want to protect my space. Now, that doesn't mean I'm saying that I have to stay away from people because we can't be – a light for God if we if we stay stuck up in the house. So I do realize that um, any form of isolation where you feel like, hey, I, I don't want to be around people and that kind of thing is not healthy. It's not healthy. So I'm not saying that it's a good thing that I that I like to be home, but I'm not saying it's a bad thing either. It just cannot be over the top. So for me, when I think about this topic, it makes me think about those days when I go out and I feel like, like, God, where are you? 
Like, I mean, seriously, where where are you and what's taking you so long? Like, do you see all this stuff going on? And how, even with Rodney saying he got the thank you card, uh, about a week ago, maybe a week and a half ago, I stopped to get gas. And there was a middle-aged lady who was already pumping gas. And, and when I pulled up, the gas, all the gas tanks were taken at the time that I pulled up. And she was so, something was going on with her car, but she was so considerate of me being behind her and having to wait until I was floored. I was like, I would sit here all day just to wait for you to move because of how considerate you, you are. Um, to the point where several times she just kept apologizing. I'm so sorry. I don't know what's going on. I got to go to the, to the, uh, to the customer service or whatever up to the, because it's just one of those you pull in and you can pay there or you walk up to the register uh, outside and pay. But things like that just does not happen anymore. So that leads me to think two things. Are most of us of this world? Because that to me just kind of comes natural. Even like returning the basket at the at the uh, grocery store when you go to the grocery store, is it is it is it painful or do you are you just considerate enough to think, hey, there's there's the, the thing right there, whatever they call it, where you put your baskets, and if I do that, hey, somebody can park here, or the person that works inside won't have to come out and and look for these baskets. There's a designated place. Things like that are just. I think natural and also considerate because if I was the one having to come out and get the baskets, I would want somebody to consider my job and and recognize that there's a place for that. So even little things like that, are we so caught up in the world until until we we don't look any different as believers in little things, saying thank you, being appreciative, um, returning the baskets and things like that. so when you when you although it seems cliche maybe that we say we selected this topic and named it as is, there's so many things that go into this that does and will affect. Hey Rodney, is that coming from? Did yep. you hear that? Uh, I didn't I hear anything. Okay, okay. I just keep hearing hearing a, a noise like a weird kind of noise. But anyway, so that's where we're coming from tonight. So please, please, if you have anything to add um, about being a friend of the world, where do you think you are opposed to where you used to be? And there's no right or wrong because at some point in some area, I think that we we all are um, still into some form of the world. It's just, as I said earlier, recognizing where you are and being honest enough to say, hey, this is an area in my life where I need to grow. And that's what I feel um, having that relationship with God is constantly being able to admit where you are and the need for growth and change and being willing to do it because so often we will recognize it, know it, but we're not willing to do anything about it. And that does, we ask the question and show details, does it hinder your spiritual growth? Does it hinder your personal life? I, I also think we should add emotional, your emotional state, because if you're, if you're in the world, as, as, as Rodney put it, if you're in this world 
and friends with it, but you also are trying to please God. There's another old topic there. If you if you're on the fence, I think you're kind of on the fence if you think you're doing both because the word says you cannot serve both. You cannot serve both, and that is so true. So you have to make a decision who you're going to serve and then work towards that. But to be on that fence thinking, oh, I'm going to do this today and do this one tomorrow, but I'm okay with this. And I think a lot of what is happening in the world is that we we have given people permission to be that way, to be on the fence, to be able to say, well, I want to choose this way today and this way tomorrow, and that's okay. That's okay if I want to do this. And to me, that is not putting God first in your life, which is what it takes to even recognize that you're a friend of the world and then have enough humility to say, humble yourself enough to say, um, I'm putting my selfish desires because we can, we, I think so often too, Rodney, that we put things off on other people, what has happened to us, the world, but our, our biggest foe is our own selfish desires, what leads us into um, kind of tricking ourselves to say, oh, it's okay if I am friends with this world. You, it's okay because that's where your desires lead you. That is what you want for you. That is your, your ego saying that, um, I'll even not say the ego. It's just Romans says that that is, that is worshiping the creature rather than the creator. That's what that is. So, Rodney? Tammy, I think that um, I think that when we think about being a friend to the world, I think that we have to understand, like I was just saying, that we, we have to live in this world. We have to function in this world. We have to we have to uh, do certain things naturally um, to survive here on earth. Uh, that's the reason why we are in the, the bodies that we are in, because who you are cannot function on this earth. The only beings that function on this earth are the beings that you, you, your being, who you are or your being can only function on this earth if it is covered with flesh, because flesh is what's appropriate for earth. Once you leave this earth and you go uh, wherever you're going when you leave here, um, the flesh is no longer good, and that's why your body returns to the dirt from where it came, um, because flesh can't dwell uh, in any outside world. Um, so we have to keep that in mind. Um, and then, two, we have to understand that with flesh comes uh, certain behaviors. Um, and that's why the Bible talks about the flesh being weak. Well, you got to think about it. Where does, where, does, where does it come from? Well, God made man from the dust, from the dirt. So God made man from something that obviously there are positive things and there are there are negative things that come along with it. And if you think about dirt or think about dust, it's not something that is strong. So you're already your 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 spirit man is already um, inside of something that isn't strong to begin with. It's just appropriate. 
for your for your uh, functionality here on Earth. Just like if you think about like a fish, well, if you take a fish out of the water, eventually it's gonna die because its outer being is is keeping them uh, living where they are, and so we have we have to keep those things in mind. But think about the word friend. Think about the word friend. The word friend, or when we think about friends, I know we use the term loosely. If we know somebody, we uh, identify them or we uh, introduce them as our friend. But if you think about a friend, a friend is loyal. A friend is someone who you can count on. A friend is... Uh, someone who will never betray you. A friend is someone who will keep your secrets. Um, a friend is uh, not judgmental to you. Um, so just think about the qualifications of a friend or the description that goes along with the friend and apply that to somebody who is considered to be a friend of the world. Well, if you're loyal to the world, how can you be a friend of God? If you will protect the world, or if you'll protect sinners, or if you'll keep the secrets of the world, and we know that these things are considered ungodly, if you will protect sin, if you will uh, be loyal to sin, or if you will... Uh, if you have a choice between God and the world and you're you're on the side of the world, then how can you be a friend of God? You can't do both. And so that's why the world, that's why the word says you have to be hot or cold because you can't serve two masters because you'll either love one or hate the other. And so when we think about this, and, and even the scripture that we talk about all the time about being conformed to the world, well, you're being a friend. And it makes it very difficult. Think about, uh, for those of you listening, think about your own personal friends. How difficult is it to be friends with two people who don't like each other or who hate each other. How difficult is that? You are in a constant battle over who you're going to be loyal to because you know they don't like each other. And you know when you're around one, they're going to talk bad about the other one. When you're around that one, when you're around the other one, they're going to talk bad about the other friend. And it puts you in an awkward spot because you like both of them. So how do you choose? Well, if you think back to the scripture, you can only be friends with one of them. And if you think about how awkward or uncomfortable you are when you're friends with two people who don't like each other, that's the same thing that the scripture is saying. Think, just think about how uncomfortable it is. 
and how you feel when you're with one person, knowing the other person isn't going to like it. And that's the same thing when it comes to the scripture. Think about how you feel when you are doing things that you don't believe in your heart. I'm not talking about what anybody's put on you, but think about how you feel when you're doing things that you feel you shouldn't be doing. And, ooh, God doesn't like this. Or, ooh, maybe I shouldn't be doing this. Think about how uncomfortable you feel. You may keep doing it or you may go through with it, but think about how you feel at that moment. And then flip it. Think about how you feel when you're doing the right thing, but then you know you're going to catch it. I'm going to share this, Tamara, real quick, and then I'm going to pull in my caller from 901. Growing up, um, I just didn't want to be picked on. Now, granted, I didn't need all this extra stuff. I wasn't into, um, you know, buying all of these name brand things and um, wearing certain things, looking a certain way. I just didn't want to be picked on. If I could live my life without being picked on, like I was cool. But because of the way that I was and because of my style, well, I was always picked on because I didn't really care for the Jordans. I was willing to like, ooh, like, hey, I just, hey, I'll put a pair of Jordans on if I won't get joked today, even though I never did because I just couldn't afford them. But eventually I became comfortable and just happy with who I was in that regard. And as time went on, what I saw happening was because I had just picked a side and that side was I was just going to be me. Well, guess what? Being me came with the price. Being me came with being criticized and being ridiculed and being bullied and being and, and joked and all of that stuff. However, I look back now and I'm so glad that I didn't feel the pressure or the need to jump to the other side or to straddle the fence. But who did are sorry that they did. So, to you guys who are listening, you have two choices. We all do. We all have two choices. You either got to be hot or cold, or if you believe in the Bible, you got to either choose God or the world because you can't do both. Tammy, I'm going to pull in our caller from area code 901. Last four digits are three five two one. Caller, you are on the air. Yeah, Rodney and Tammy, I have a question for both of you, and I really want to phrase this in a way that I hope you understand. Could there be a difference between being a friend of the world and being friendly to the world? And I ask that because I just, I guess, I think of, of people who may be. 
maybe, I don't know where you can say too self-righteous, but present themselves in a way that they're not open maybe enough for the world or they, to be pulled in with, I guess, in, a, in some type of way, I'm trying to phrase it, love or whatever it is, so you, you won't be too, so much so self-righteous that you cannot be talked to or you were not able to reach others by not necessarily doing what they do, but identifying in some way with their particular problem or cause. And I, I I don't know whether there's a difference or not or whether I'm just thinking along those lines. Is there a possibility that being between difference between being friends of the world and being friendly to the world to gain? Um, this is Tammy, and I, I think I understand what you're asking. And I guess the way I look at when we when we speak about the world, for me, I think of the things of this world, like the lust of the world, the pride of the world, the greed, um, the lack of self control, um, being being envious and, and selfish, and having idols, rather than the people in the world. Because um, I I don't remember where this where this is exactly, but I know it speaks of how we, we need to remember that we were once um, there at such a place. It could be uh, like we all have had stuff and will continue to have, uh, so we cannot treat people differently because of their love for or wanting to be friendly of the world. But at the same time, we cannot um, lust or, or, or think that those same things are okay. And I don't know if I answered your question. So I I look at it as a difference in in the the again the just the desires of the world, the things that are okay and that are permissible and tolerable and that have become acceptable rather than the people. And I think a lot of that has a lot to do with the believers' um, continued uh, silence in 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 what we don't speak up about. Because I think if we start to, I think reasons we don't speak up sometimes is because we don't want people to speak up in our own stuff. And I think that's a part of of humility as well is acknowledging where you are good and bad and wanting to be called out or acknowledged, called out on that bad and acknowledged for that good, rather than always wanting it to be right, 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 and I'm good, good, good. I hope that answers Right, I think that's exactly what I mean. But you, you would agree that there is sometimes a, a little bit of a problem trying to find a balance in the, uh, with those two? Absolutely. I, 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 and I, I think it's difficult because, um, and, and I'll go ahead and share this. I think I think it's more difficult, difficult because we don't spend enough time in the Word of God and praying so we don't have on that armor of God and, and, and so that we're able to discern and and even even tolerate. Um, for me, when I said earlier, like if I'm getting if I'm feeling that way when I go out, I should I don't I don't like that. I want to be able to go out and be okay um, most of the time. And I know that there'll be days where you just want to be home, but I don't want to feel so disconnected when I when I go somewhere. So I think a lot of that means that Tammy, you need to you need to be more prayed up. You need to stay in your get into your word more and stay into it uh, more often because, like, this comes from, we're coming from the book of James tonight, and in my opinion, the book of James is just 
basically informing us that the Holy Spirit wants us to be faithful to God, to the word of God. And so I purposefully left out um, part of James 4 and 4, I think is where it's coming from. But it, it, it uses the word adulter, adulterers, adulterers and adulteress at the beginning of verse 4, I think it is. I'm going to find it. I left that out, but that is saying to me that this is our relationship with God is looked at upon like a marriage. So if you are if we're if you're married and you still want to party every Friday night, do everything a single person does, then you're not faithful to your spouse. And the same thing with God. And it's not saying that you we, we can't go out and have fun, but there should be some things that we just are not a part of to the extent. And when we are, we should be able to call our own selves out and say, this is an area in my life where I need to grow. So I think that, that, that it is difficult, especially if you're trying to do both. And I think a lot of times we as believers try to fit in because I think we were taught that you, you, we got to just walk on eggshells kind of when I think we should be more bold in our belief and what we believe in and why. Absolutely. Thank you. This this is Rodney. I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna jump back here. I'm I'm gonna jump back here too and and uh, just kind of uh, add to what Tammy is saying. Um, and I like what you just said, Tammy, about um, even if even if you're married, um, you know, if you're still doing the things that single people do, then you're not really um, in that marriage or committed to that marriage. Um, I was telling to Mary, I want to say it was last week, um, about how people tell me, you know, when I do go to happy hour or, you know, when I do go to wing night, they were saying how I don't stay out like I used to or I don't stay as late as I used to. And my thing is I'm married now. And... What I'm not going to do, even though my wife doesn't trip about anything, but what I'm not going to do is, oh, she, oh, I walked in at 9 o'clock. She was cool. Well, next week, let me try 10. Okay, she's cool again. Let me try 11. Like, I'm not about to do that because when I asked her, not when I got married, but when I asked her to marry me, it was because I wanted to be married to her and because I wanted to be married. So what I'm not about to do is get married and still come up in the house as if I am single. If I were single, whatever, like, I'll get in when I get in here. But I'm married, and... What I'm not about to do is disrespect my wife, my marriage, or my home. Not about to do that. But there are people who do. Um, but I think that goes along with this conversation, and that is you have to you have to choose. And. This guy told me a long time ago that there's no such thing as a bad decision, just whatever decision you make. Just understand, you got to live with it. 
So if you're going to choose the world, you got to understand what comes with choosing the world. If you're going to choose God, you have to understand what choosing God is. And I want to go back to Ms. Erlene's question about uh, being friendly. And in Proverbs, the 18th chapter, in the 24th, 24th verse, it says, a man that has friends must show himself friendly. And there's a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. So there is no way that you're going to have any friends if you don't first act friendly. You can't want friends or you can't expect to draw people or uh, you can't expect people to be nice to you if you're, well, God said. You can't do that. Because even in Jeremiah, the 31st chapter, it says, The Lord appeared unto me, saying, I have loved thee with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness have I drawn thee. And there are other scriptures throughout the Bible that just talks about there's a certain way that you have to be if you want people to be around you. And how can you say that you want to draw people in your direction? You want people to live right or you want people to do right, but yet nobody wants to be around you. So if you want to influence or to encourage or to motivate people to do any to do anything, you have to give them a reason to want to listen to you in the first place. You have to give them a reason to want to follow you. You have to give them a reason to want to be around you. So there's a time and a place for everything. There's a time and a place. And what you do is you present who you are. You present the truth. Like, I'm going to throw this out there. Can't feel free anybody to challenge what I'm saying. It used to bother me when I would see or hear people bring worldly things into the church, specifically for the young people, and say, well, we're doing this because we're trying to reach the young people. I don't think Jesus ever used anything worldly to draw people to him. He came and he preached and he spoke the word. He was loving, he was kind, but at the same time, he never compromised who he was. But we say that we're doing all of these things to draw people, and it's like, when did it get to the point where the word was not good enough? When did it get to the point that God was not good enough, where God's love was not good enough, where humility was not good enough, where patience was not good enough. When did we get to that point? Rodney, I love your word compromise. Um and and as you think as you talked about the young people, um I did I, I, I went to church Sunday and again this is something that has just always eaten me alive to where I cannot believe that young people are able to sit through service on the cell phone, like playing games. 
and just so why why are you there? Like why even bring your child if you're going to allow them to play their game? And then I ask, well, every five minutes the parent is pulling their phone out to look at it in in service as well. So you're right. We 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 have we we are compromising. But I I also think that that goes back to I want to read a little bit more of James or read some of James from a different chapter. But I want to make sure, Miss Erling, are you still there with us? Did you have anything, any other questions or comments for Rodney or I? She might have got up. Okay, that's okay. I want to um, I want to read this. This is coming from still James, but it's chapter three, and I'm going to start for the sake of time at chapter thirteen. I'm, I'm sorry, at verse thirteen. I hope I'm going back far enough. Um, but it reads, "Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show by good conduct that his works are done in the meekness of wisdom." But if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your heart, do not boast and lie against the truth. This wisdom does not descend from above, but is earthly, sensual, demonic. For where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing are there. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. Now the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. To me, Rodney, that says so much, starting with the meekness of wisdom. When you think about wisdom, how often do we hear services about wisdom, and we could take it back to the to even the Holy Spirit, but also think about the world today being full of envy. Everybody wants everybody else's life. We basically want what we don't have, and once you get it, you want something else that you don't have or that someone else has. And then bitter envy and self-seeking, that goes right back to worshiping the creature rather than the creator. Everything is about me, me, me. Like you can, this happens every day. Like you can, you can be in the wrong. You can almost kill somebody with your car, hit someone. You don't say sorry. You want to get out and fight when you were in the wrong. We are so self-seeking. And, again, that comes back to humility. Like, are you, and that's a lot of the reason I think we can't really get into God or serve God appropriately because we are so caught up in, well, what about me? What, what, what about my needs? What about what I want? Not your purpose, God. Not your will for my life. But my desires for my life is not from this, this meek wisdom, this discernment that I gain through reading my word, through praying, through meditating, through listening, for allowing you to order my steps, for for not doing what I really want to do, for choosing not to do the things that I really want to do, that my flesh wants to do. 
That's what makes Rodney go home at a decent time without his wife having to say something is his respect for her, is his respect for himself, for his marriage, for what he chose to do, which is ask her to marry him and then marry her. And so why would you go through all of that to do something, to, to just disrespect it totally? It's no different. But how often do we do that to the creator? As Country Wayne says, who, who makes the sky blue and the wind blow? I was reading today, I can't remember where, and I wish I could remember where in the, in the Bible where, and Rodney, you're probably going to know this, where it says that uh, God wouldn't, did not allow the sun to go down. I think they were at war. They were doing something. They were fighting or something. I can't remember who this was. But he did not allow the sun to go down. For for this for a certain purpose, I'll find that hopefully before we get off. But I was reading that today. I'm like, wow. You know, for the Creator who who tells the sun when to rise, when to go down, we can't even stop it from raining if we wanted to, or make it start if we wanted to. Yet we think we have control over our lives, and that we have to be friends with the world, or or. Of this world, I should say. I like the way you put it better, Rodney, of this world. So, Rodney, anything? Tammy, you actually uh, uh, tapped into one of my <laughs> one of my more popular uh, <laughs> scriptures, one of my, my favorite ones. Um, I love talking about James, the third chapter, the second verse, uh, because it says that, in many things we offend uh, all, but if he who does not offend at word is the same as a perfect man. And just to kind of throw that in real quick, I think also when we get caught up into the world, we no longer understand or we forget who God is and how God really works because we constantly say things that are not of God, that did not come from God or that are not by God. For example, we constantly hear and then repeat, there's no such thing as a perfect man. There's no such thing as a perfect person. However, we don't see that, or we see scriptures in the Bible that says there, there, there is a way that man can be perfect, or we see scriptures that say be perfect. In the natural sense, in, in, in man's eyesight, in the world's eyesight, no, you are never going to be perfect. You are always going to be imperfect. You're always going to be flawless. I mean, uh, you're, you're always going to be filled with flaws. Excuse me. But in James three and two, it says, "He does. He who does not offend in word, is the same as a perfect man." Our tongues get us in trouble. The things that we say, the things that we talk about. We talk too much. Yes. We talk too much. 
And we talk so much that it gets us in trouble. But the scripture says, if you don't offend in word, you are the same as a perfect man. There are other scriptures. I know in the Gospels that say, be be ye perfect, as your Father in heaven is also perfect. But we, we get so caught up in the world that we live worldly lives not understanding that it goes against what's in the Bible. There's a scripture, and I'll find it, that says when babies are born, we actually should be crying. And when people die, we should be rejoicing. But the world tells us to do something different, so we do it. We often hear um, people say, I rebuke you, Satan, cast you back to the pits of hell where you come from. But in Revelation 12, 9, it says that the devil, when he was kicked out of heaven, was cast down to earth. So in other words, the devil has never been to hell, which would explain why we keep having these issues on earth. He's never been there. But we hear things, and instead of doing our own research, we just go with them, not understanding that the a lot of the things that we hear or that we go by are earthly or worldly things. Because I want to say it's Isaiah where he talks about his ways are so much higher than our ways. His thoughts are much higher than our thoughts. And that's why we can't figure out a lot of times while things are not working out for us. But when the situation works out altogether, we're like, man, this is not what I expected. This is not what I wanted. But I'm sure enough glad that it worked out this way. But we keep underestimating God. We keep putting God in a bubble. We keep dealing with God in a worldly sense. Let me tell you what I used to do, and I'm going to turn it back over to you, Tammy. Here's what I used to do. Because church people were so influential in my life and and, and so dominant in my life, I associated the people in the church with God. In fact, I interchanged them to the point where my life was based on what those people would be proud of or what they would be angry at. Didn't matter what was in the Bible. Never took the time to think about or understand how God worked and what his reaction might be, because I can't think for God either. But instead of me living off the word, what I did was, well, let me not do this because the pastor is going to get on me. Let me not go this route because the deacon is going to have something to say. Or let me do this because 
Sister Jones is going to be so proud. But in my mind, well, that ain't really Sister Jones. The Sister Jones believe in the Lord, and the Lord talks to Sister Jones. And, he, and, and Sister Jones be speaking in tongues, and, you know, she, she always gives me a word from the Lord, and she knows the scriptures. And I would make Sister Jones God or the pastor God. So if I if I was pleasing the pastor or pleasing Sister Jones or the deacons or the choir director, in my mind, I was pleasing God. It's not so. It's not so. You have to take the time to get to know the Lord for yourself. You have to take the time. The scripture says, study to show thyself approved. Take the time to get to know God for yourself. Learn who he is without any interruptions. When Samuel, I believe it was Samuel, I'm a little rested, but when Samuel was born, I believe it was Samuel, his mother would not allow him to go to church, would not take him to church. Dad wanted him to go. And both forgive me if I'm misquoting this, but I believe I got it right. Would not allow him to go. And the mom said, no. I will raise him here. I will bring him up. And when he is ready, I will let him go, and he will serve the Lord forever. It wasn't, ooh, let me put this howling baby in church. Ooh, let me let, let me just push Jesus down his throat. No. And Samuel went on to be a great man of God. I'm not saying that's going to be everybody's story or testimony. But what I am saying is, don't force anything on people. Educate them, even your children. Don't force God down their throat. We see how that works. But people are like, oh, no, 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 no. They're going to church. How often does that work out? No, you educate them. Educate them. And you train them up in the way that they should go, but you educate them. Jesus never forced anything on anybody when he came and he preached. Educate them and let people make their own decisions. When when the rich man wanted to know what else could he do, Jesus didn't make him do anything. He just said, sell all that you have and give to the poor. And the young man left sad. Why? He didn't want to do it. Jesus didn't make him. Jesus let him go away sad. But he had a choice. Educate your children and give them a choice. When you meet people, educate them and give them a choice. Because some people are going to choose the world, but it's their choice. God never made people do anything. Where is the love in making people serve you? There's no love. Where would where would the love be, Tammy, if 
Tamaria said, if you don't come in his house by 10 o'clock or 9 o'clock or 8 o'clock, if you're not here by such and such time, I'm leaving. And I said, ooh, I don't want Tamaria to leave me, so I'm going to be in the house by 8. Where's the love in that? There's no love there. That's a ooh, I don't want you to leave. But you educate people. But to all of you listening, understand that you have to make a choice. It has to be one or the other. And I'm going to say this. This makes me think about the scripture that says, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power of love and of a sound mind. If you have fear, God didn't give it to you. Because it says God gives us Power, love, and the sound mind. If you think about the two sides, if you are fearful, you have no power. You have no love. Because you're afraid to even love. And if you're fearful, your mind isn't stable because you're worrying too much. You're scared of what's next. It's the same thing here. If you have the world, you don't have God. Or if you're a friend of the world, you have to live in the world. You have to learn how to function. You have to get along with people. And even Jesus said, obey the laws of the land. So you you have to understand that you, that, that you are here, so you got to survive. But it never said that you had to take these things into your heart and make them your own. Never said that. Gosh, Rodney, you said so much. I don't know where to start. I've, I've been trying to write down and keep up with <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, I got on the road. I'm going to start. No, you said some good stuff, and I wanted to be able to come back on a few things, but I'm going to start with the well, the last thing I was able to write down, obey the law of the land. Um, I love that for two reasons. I feel that we should have more involvement and what becomes kind of the law of the land. And when I, I say that because I think about prayer being taken out of school. And and maybe I was, I guess, a bit too young to even think I have a voice in that. But I don't remember hearing much about someone opposing that, believers saying, oh, no, 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 no. And we're now to the point where, we're so caught up in the world, whether we are friends of, of the world or not. We're so caught up in trying to exist in this world to where we need, we have to work more and more and more because we want more and more and more. We feel that our kids need more and more and more, um, even to the point that we think that they need the same things that we need. Like, why? Like, you don't work. You're not, why do you need the your stuff needs to be equivalent to mine. Like we've gone so overboard. So yeah, I do agree. We should. We there, the Bible does speak about that. But there, it comes back to that boldness that we are just too quiet. And I wonder if it's because that we're so, we're not so sure about who we are in our very own belief, and that like you said, Rodney, the knowledge of God, or is it that we want to be able to pacify? ourselves and give in to our own selfish desires 
again. Um, and then when you talk about when you were you were more into pleasing Sister Jones, I think you said, and pastor and things like that, it reminds me of a story. And Tika and I were talking about this the other day. We were, and this was a couple of years ago. There were a group of women um, out at a restaurant, and Tika and I had gone out for dinner as well. And these these it was maybe fifteen women or more, and they were just kind of over the top, like really, really over the top, not in a good way. And some, I remember someone coming over, and we were close enough to hear. Uh, one of the ladies started to tell this guy what church they went to, and another said, oh, no, 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 don't tell him what church we go to. And she was saying this because we basically we've been acting a fool. You can't tell him where we go to church. But how, what, where does that place God? Like if, if, if you're concerned about pastor, then aren't you concerned about what you're doing altogether as a believer and an example for God's kingdom. So so we put God in this place where he's real kind of when we need him to be real. He's powerful when we when we really want him to be powerful. Um, so I, that was another thing that I wrote down. And then about the choice, making a choice. Like you said, hot or cold. You're on this side of the fence, on this on the other side. We are afraid to make a choice. And, again, I'm going to go back to our own selfish desires and wanting to please the creator, the creature, the creator rather than the, the creature rather than the creator. So you want to please yourself. You want your desires to manifest. You want what you want. We want what we want. I would put me into it as well. And if I can't get this, because in my, in my growth, Rodney, I also learned, you, and you should. I think you should learn a lot about yourself. And it should not all be great stuff because, like you said, we were, we were, we were made from, from dust, from dirt. So it's not going to be all great stuff. But I realized that just as I treated my relationships with this kind of, um, I'm going to say selfishness in, in a sense to where, I want it this way, I want what I want, when I want it, and if you don't if you don't do it just like this, and when you do it, I'm just going to do it myself, and then I'm going to be angry that I had to do it myself, da 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 I realized that there were even some, some, some similarities in my relationship with God. Like, if he's not going to do it now, then I'm going to do it this way. And so, again, friends of this world, as you answer this question, ask, your, ask this question and answer it for yourself, it's not to condemn or to come down on you. It's just for you to do a self-assessment as to where am I and have I made that choice? Am I Rodney who's out with these friends and said, you know, you don't stay out like you used to and you don't come out? And I, and I recognize, no, I don't, but I have my why. I know why. And I'm okay with that. I've made the choice. So if, if if you've made the choice, are you living within that choice? Are you saying, oh, I'm going to stay on out. I'll deal with her when I get home or I'll deal with him when I get home. And if you do, it's that's not about, and I'm using this relationship because, again, our relationship with God has been compared to a marriage, a union, being faithful. And we can't be faithful to the world. And be faithful to God. 
Now we can we can pacify ourselves, and and a lot of preaching gives you permission to do that. But I promise you, if you get into your word, for me, because I know a lot of people probably don't like what I'm going to say here. The best conviction for me is my abiding in this word and allowing the word to abide in me. Like studying it so much so to where I might not be able to tell you exactly where to go or word from word, but I have enough of it in me to where when I'm doing some stuff that I know I should not be doing and saying, I'm convicted. And so if you're so caught up in the world until nothing convicts you, nothing nothing condemns you, like you're all right with just doing what you want and not being concerned about what God's word instructs you to do, the wisdom, the meekness of that wisdom. And a lot of us, if we ask the question, we're not. We still want baby formula. We want to act like we're babies. And yes, we're we we are always we should always be growing spiritually. We should always be growing spiritually because there's so much. Teak is another thing Teak and I talk about a lot. Where just when we think we know something or we got it. Oh, my gosh, it's like another puzzle, not another piece, but like we got a whole other puzzle in front of us. Sometimes feel like we're not all the pieces because of how they come so gradually. But the beauty of it is we are to a point where we recognize that we've got to forever learn, we got to forever grow, we got to forever be in our word. And as much as you think you're in there enough, you realize that I'm not. There is always more that I can give. Even today, you know, even today, ask yourself, how much have you abided in God's word? The creator, the one who makes the sky blue, the wind blows, the one who breathed you, who gave you breath to wake up this morning. And who knows if you will wake up tomorrow morning. How much time have we spent thanking him? Acknowledging, reading his word, how much compared to how much have you given the world today? Whether it's work, and and, and I'm speaking to myself, I had plans, the most wonderful plans to get up this morning at 6 a.m. and do my 6 to 7. But now granted, I stayed in my word till a little after 2 last night. So much so when when you think about kids, Rodney, Brandon came in and said, Well, hey, speaker of the word. That's what he called me. But I'm I'm so glad that he sees me reading my word and wanting it, desiring it. And that's been my prayer this year. Pour out your Holy Spirit to me and and and, and have me desire the word of the Holy Spirit. Because I have made that choice. I want, I recognize that I need to make it and that I need to do better. I need, I'm like, why? Like, I need to go home at a certain time. 
and I'm just using that as an example because Rodney, I don't, I don't have that issue, but, <laughs> but I'm just saying overall, you know, I need to. You will but, if you stop playing games. games. There's a man somewhere. He might be on high, but there's a man somewhere. <laughs> so, but you know, I have to make choices. And I realize that, that I need to make better choices in, in some areas of my life in order to move out of an area where I am friends with the world. So, Rodney, anything? Um, there's something that I want to read, but it's pretty long, so I'll kind of, not long, long, but I'll save it for the end, turn it back over to you. Uh, I'm just going to, uh, I know we mentioned um the part about um, I don't even, I don't even remember how we uh, phrased it a little while ago, but um, Matthew the twenty second chapter and beginning with verse seventeen, and it ends at verse twenty two, and it says, um, "Tell us therefore, oh, obeying the laws of the land." That's what we were talking about. Okay. Um, okay. And there's in Romans 13, Tammy, it talks about obeying the laws of the land and uh, doing what you're supposed to do. Uh, but in Matthew, the 22nd chapter, the 17th verse, it says, Tell us, therefore, what thinkest thou? Is it lawful to give tribute unto Caesar or not? But Jesus perceived their wickedness and said, Why tempt me, ye hypocrites? Show me the tribute money. And they brought unto him a penny. And he said unto them, Who is this image and superscription? They say unto him, Caesar's. Then saith he unto them, so here's what Jesus said unto them, Render therefore unto Caesar the things which are Caesar's, and unto God the things that are God's. When they had heard these words, they marveled and left him and went their way. So, in other words, uh, and I think this even goes back to his uh, what Miss Arlene had brought up earlier um, Don't get so far gone In a spiritual sense mm-hmm. That you can't function Here on earth um, Whether it be a friend Or anything else And in, and in this case They're talking about taxes They're talking about money But they try <laughs> they, 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 they try to To tempt Jesus But he had the perfect response for this and what you have to remember is what belongs to God belongs to God. That's what you give to him, what belongs to him. God doesn't want anything more than what belongs to him. Keep in mind, Jesus never asked for anything. Jesus always redirected the attention back to God, the praise back to God. Jesus never wanted anything other than to do the will of his father. He repeatedly said that throughout the Bible. But people try to confuse the two or, and I don't know why this is coming to mind, but when people tell you, well, forget the bill that you have to pay, forget the bill, go ahead and put, Five hundred dollars in church, or put a hundred dollars in church, put fifty dollars in church. That ain't what the scripture says. That's some worldly mess. The scripture didn't say that. 
Jesus said, give Caesar what Caesar's. So, and it also, if you keep going on in the scriptures, it talks about not owing people. That's where this all comes from. What belongs to God, you give to God. What belongs to Caesar, you give to Caesar. So, in other words, you have rent or mortgage to pay. You pay it. You have an electric bill to pay. You pay it. Because he said, they brought him a penny, and he said, whose <laughs> image is on that penny? And they said, Caesar, give it to Caesar. Give Caesar what's his. Whose name is on your light bill? Dominion? Okay. Give Dominion what's theirs. Give Dominion power what's theirs. He didn't say give God what belongs to Dominion power. Never said that. That's worldly. So when people tell you that, and Tamari and I were talking about this the other day with uh, that, that scripture statement that we were talking about, First Kings 13 chapter. When people try mm-hmm. to tell you something that goes against what God has already told you and what God has already told you, for anyone who says that God never talks to you, he already did in the Bible, if that's what you believe in. He already talked to you. There's a whole lot that he said in the Bible. Do it. And I'm not going to say you're going to the best life, but you might just have one better than what you have right now. Just do it. But he said, give it to them. He never said in the Bible, well, that's Caesar's, but now if you want to bless, if you want me to touch you, you want me to heal your body? No, don't get at the season. Get to me, and I'm going to touch you. The Lord is never needed. What benefit does the Lord get from green money? He can't use it in heaven. That's worldly stuff. He never said that. Say, give people what belongs to them. When you sign up for Verizon, guess what? Pay Verizon. You sign up for it. You sign up for Cox or Comcast, pay the people. You signed up for it. It belongs to them. Because, again, going to another scripture, how can you say that you love God who you've never seen, but you don't love the people who you look at every day? How are you going to pay God something, but you owe people here on earth? How are you going to get your blessings? You signed up for a mortgage with Wells Fargo or BB&T. Now I ain't going to pay them this month. He never said that. But again, those are things that worldly people tell you. 
Because the people who are the most blessed are the people who do what the scripture says. And the scripture says, do what's good, do what's right, do what you know you're supposed to do. Back to you, Tammy. Um, a couple of things right now. I wanted to, I mentioned earlier about um, the sun being stopped. <laughs> and I wanted to find that because that was really blessed me in my reading. But it comes from Joshua 10 and 13. I'm not going to read it, but for those of you um, who's interested, go to Joshua and maybe just read the entire chapter 10. Um, and then also earlier, Rodney, you mentioned James 3, I believe. Let me go back. James 3, yep. Um, and you were talking about if anyone does not stumble in the word, he is a perfect man. I'm just going to say to anybody who feels the desire after getting off the show tonight to read uh, James, it is such a short chapter, book, I should say, such a short book. Um, it will take you, gosh, I, I read it twice this maybe three times because I read it two or three times. I know twice I read it this weekend, um, but it is it is a great chapter. And especially what Rodney mentioned with the chapter three talking about the tongue, uh, just to give you a little bit more on that, um, it says, and I want to, Let's see, out of the same mouth proceed blessings and cursings. My brethren, these things ought not to be so. And there's a little bit before that, but this, I think Rodney started at, at verse 2, but I, I suggest that you read all of chapter 3 and 4, just, just the entire book of James um, after the show tonight. Spend some time, abide um, in the Word tonight. Um, and that's a great place to start. And then the other was Joshua 10 and 13. Rodney, you were talking about the tithing and and how you didn't say this, but I'm gonna say this: how sometimes we are we are tricked into or made to feel guilty into giving bill money and 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 leaders saying that you know you're gonna get your blessings. And how many times I know many many people that have given their last and then not be able to pay their light bill or their mortgage, like it doesn't come. And you have to, we have to just grow up. We just have to grow up spiritually and be able to hear, to know, to know the word, number one, and to know when you are being tricked into something. And that's the word, tricked, because like Rodney said, what, 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 what really is he, does God need with your money? I was sharing, again, with, with Tika, like, and I had mentioned earlier about my wanting to get up at 6 this morning. It did not happen, and I felt so bad about not getting up and doing that hour that I had so desired and planned to do. But I had to remember, you you did stay up quite a while reading. You got kind of lost, and now you want to get up at 6. You just went to bed three hours ago um, and was reading. But I, that was something that I wanted to do, and that came about because I was sharing with Tika that, the best time of my life was the year that I spent getting up at, well, getting up really about 5 so that I could be at 6 a.m. prayer. And it seemed that my life was, like there was nothing I could do to get off course, 
And there's nothing that I had to do to stay on course other than continue to seek God. That's when my finances got together. That's when I started to really, really start look inward. And there were days, I told Tika that there were days that I went, and for the entire hour, and I'll give this to Pastor Diane, the healing center, I remember her just saying, sometimes you just have to say, whoa, it's me. Whoa, it's me, God. And there were there were times, days where I went, that's all I had to say. I was like, that's all I could say. I didn't know what else I didn't know what else to ask for or what to ask for because I needed so much spiritually, emotionally, internally, just internally. And so that was the best time of my life. And there were times where I shared this with Tika, like I know that I know that I know that I know that I should not have as much money in my bank account as I as I did. Like, like like my money was longer, my my day was longer. It just was a wonderful, wonderful year. And I, I give credit to my decision, my choice, my discipline in getting up because it took a lot. I had to get up, get dressed, get breakfast, make sure Brandon was up as I left out the door so that he'd be ready when I get back, drop him off to school, off to work. So it was not an easy task to do. And so that's why I wanted to get up this morning at 6, because I want to start doing that again. And I wish I had somewhere to go and do that, to go to a place, to leave my home and go do that somewhere. Um, And saying that, I want to read this and then Rodney is, 930, if you're okay, we can kind of start bringing it to a close. There's two things. One's really short, um, and the other one, you'll have to stay with me stay with, with me on this. Um, it's, it's, the title is Where Every Prayer is Answered, and it starts, The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, the God of my strength in whom I will trust, my shield and the, and the horn of my salvation my stronghold and my refuge, my savior. You save me from violence. I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from my enemies. And that's 2 Samuel uh, chapter 22, verse 2 through 4. And then it goes on to read, we should not assume that simply because we are Christians, we have learned the secret of abiding in Christ. Jesus said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you, John 15 and 7. To abide in him is to live in ceaseless fusion with his passions, with his passions. It is to have found the the habitation of God where no barrier or shadow exists between our weaknesses and his sufficiency or between our yearning and his fulfillment. Considering the size of God's promises, it is actually a misfortune that most of us have no more than a few minutes of devotions each day and a church service or two each week. I want to read that part again. Considering the size of God's promises, actually a misfortune 
that most of us have no more than a few minutes of devotions each day and a church service or two each week. The shelter of God is not only a place to visit God, but it is also a place to dwell with him. For those who dwell with God, his presence is not merely our refuge. It is a permanent address. When we're abiding in Christ, even as he and the Father are one, so we become one with him. It is, it is his life, his virtue, his wisdom, and his spirit that sustains us. I want to read that one again. It is his life, his virtue, his wisdom, and his spirit that sustains us. And we talked about earlier, you guys, the meekness of wisdom. We become perfectly weak, unable to resist him like the son's relationship with the father. So we do nothing from our own initiative unless it is something we see him do. If he should require of us nothing more than our love, we are well content. Jesus is our first choice, not our last resort. To those who have entered the abiding place, our questions are not about doctrines or pronouncing the right prayer at an altar, we have found him whom our soul loves. We are constrained and guided by his voice, surrendered and imprisoned in his love. He says, oh, my dove, in in the clefts of the rock, in the secret places of the cliff, let me see your face. Let me hear your voice. For your voice is sweet and your face is lovely. This communion, and that's song, uh, Psalms 2.14. This communion of heart between Christ and his bride is a stronghold. And you hear that Christ and his bride is a stronghold. It is God's shelter from the distresses and distractions of life. Here he tells us what to pray Here, our supplications are answered, yet in spite of our flaws and the weaknesses of our prayers, to him our voice is sweet, in spite of our lowliness. Our form is lovely in his eyes. So that, I I, I came across that and it just was so beautiful. It's, It's as if God is, and I hate to say this word, but he's like pleading for us, just, just abide in me. Abide in my word and allow me to abide in you. And I thought about that year that I spent seeking and searching. And if I had kept it up, where would I be spiritually, emotionally? So, and then this one is really short, and I'm going to turn it back over to you. We've talked about, uh, Rodney mentioned words, and we've talked about thoughts at the beginning, as we do all the time. But this is your words and your thoughts. Everything in the universe begins with and revolves around two things, words and thoughts. These two elements form the creative substance that molds and shapes the destiny of humanity. Each of us becomes the person we are, chooses the direction we take, and accomplishes everything we do based on these two primary elements, our thoughts intentions, motivations, and aspirations, whether they be secretly pondered in your heart or openly declared as desires 
or formally written as goals. These things mold and shape our personal universe into something that is either grand and beautiful or base and hideous. And so I'll end with this. No matter what you do, consider your words and your thoughts. Bring them captive. Even your words. I had a friend call me today, and and I and and she's a she's a cursor. And I told her when she called. Before I knew it, I had I had said a curse word, and I said, "You know what? I've not cursed all day long. I've not said anything foul today." And the minute you call, I'm joining you. And I I had to tell her this. I had to speak it today because that's not something I want to do or desire to do. But every so often I do. And that's that's something that I'm working, that I don't want to do at all, working on. But today I spoke it out. And I also recognize that we kind of melt into who we are around. And so you have to be so into this word or abide in it. I'm going to say that, abide, so that when you do do what I did today, then I, I called myself out. And when you don't, you know that you are spiritually growing. So no matter if, you're, if you feel like you are friends with this world, that's okay. If you recognize it and you're willing to, as Rodney said, make a choice. What is that choice? What does it mean? Are you going to be responsible enough and respect the word of God enough to live out that choice, to seek that choice always? Are you going to make it the center of your life, the foundation of your living? That's that's what this show is about, not to call anybody out, not to make anybody feel bad, but to make you think, to make you move that trash can. And think about why do you go back to it knowing you've moved it? Why do you go back to the world knowing you've changed your life, knowing you, you seek and love God, you want, you desire God? Why do you keep choosing the world? That's what this is about. So I'm going to turn it back over to you, Rodney. If you don't mind, um, if we're still doing Sunday, will you share that, what we're doing? Absolutely, Tammy, absolutely. Um, Just listening to you, um, it made me think that uh, you kept saying the word abide, and Mm -hmm. it just sounded like from everything that you were saying uh, that the problem isn't the Lord, the problem is us. And there's a easy, there's an easy and quick solution, and that is just make a decision. Just make a choice. Sort of like the scripture that says, choose ye this day who you're going to serve. And he's not, we're not waiting on him, he's waiting on us. And I had a conversation with some of my Basketball players last week, and we can we we can all apply this to our life, even me, because there are things that I don't feel good about all the time. But I had a couple of teachers to come to me about some of my players, 
And so I pulled them to the side the last day of trials, and I was talking to them uh, one by one. And I let them know that they were not even on the team yet, and people were already concerned. And they said, well, uh, I'm trying to do better this year. And so I asked them, do you try to brush your teeth or do you brush your teeth? And on different occasions, they all said, I brush my teeth. And then I asked them, do you try to put your shoes on in the morning or do you put your shoes on? (laughs) And they said, I put my shoes on. We've gotten used to Another worldly thing, accepting this idea that as long as I say I'm trying, it's good enough. It's not. Let's make a commitment to stop trying to do things. Let's make a commitment to just do them. I don't know anyone who tries to brush their teeth. You just do it. And you have your reasons for doing it. You don't try to go to work every day. You just go. And you have your reasons for going. When you get home, you don't try to turn on the TV. You just turn it on. Stop using the word try as a crutch because it's only hindering you from getting to where you want to be. Because as long as you're not getting to where you want to be or where you need to be, you're missing what's already there. If there's something on the TV that you need to see, how are you going to see it if you're still trying to turn the TV on? The only way to get the fullness of what's on the TV, you have to turn it on. The only way to get the fullness of God, you have to get there. You have to do it. You have to leave the world behind. You have to do what you know he has charged you to do. If you think about King David, King David did a lot of things. When we talk about being perfect in the eyes of God, he did a lot of things that were wrong in our eyes, but his heart was right. And that's the part we keep missing. Where is your heart? Is your heart with God or is your heart with the world? Ask yourself that. Beginning this Sunday, um, for those of you guys listening, please spread the word. Beginning this Sunday, I believe at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, and 
8 a.m. Central Time. We are going to start uh, an inspirational series. Um, we're going to do it once a month. And it's not going to be a two-hour show. It's going to be a, a, a fairly short uh, show. At least that, that is what our plan is. Um, it's going to be a very short, uh, it's going to be a very brief show, and it's uh, going to be inspirational. Uh, we want to start doing this on Sundays um, just to give you guys something that will help you end your week and begin the next week on a positive note. Um, I do believe this Sunday we're going to talk about uh, just exactly who God is and what God is all about. Uh, We invite you to listen and to tune in because we're going to shock you with the word that we're going to bring on Sunday. So as this guy always says on uh, on Facebook, <laughs> he always says, tag a friend, tell a friend. So that's what we're telling you to do. Tag a friend, tell a friend. And join us this Sunday at 9 uh, a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Um, and 8 a.m. Central Standard Time. And uh, we guarantee you that you will not be disappointed. Uh, Tammy, do you have any uh, final announcements as we end this show before two hours is up? (laughs) No, because I said I wasn't going to say anything else, so I'm practicing what I preach. I I have, but I'm not. (laughs) <laughs> uh, so, no, I'm taming my tongue starting tonight. <laughs> I ain't mad at you. Well, I do want to share some good news, and then I'm going to end with the uh, with the scripture. Uh, I do want to share some 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 good news. Um, I did get an email. Uh, I want to say either yesterday or Saturday. Um, some. Some other people who were at the uh, Martin Luther King celebration, uh, where I was the keynote speaker a couple weeks ago, uh, they did send me an email. Um, they do want me to um, uh, be their speaker at one of their services. I believe it's going to happen in July. Um, it's the Northern Virginia something. Uh, Sunday School Union, I can't remember the name, but uh, it's going to be on a Sunday, and I believe it's going to be in July. Um, so we'll we'll keep you guys posted about that. Um, and so with that, what I'll just uh, say again to you guys, believe the scripture that says your gift will make room for you because I didn't go asking for anything. I didn't even ask to see the speaker a couple of weeks ago. Uh, but what I did do was I did uh, uh, attend Al Sharpton's education summit a couple of years ago um, as a panelist and then decided that I would host uh, my own education summit. And then out of that came uh, some other opportunities. So uh, 
do not get weary in well-doing, and definitely um, let the Lord use you and allow your gift to make room for you. Tammy, I'm going to end with this scripture, and then I'm going to cut the music on. Uh, John, the 15th chapter, and I'm just going to start with the first verse, and then and then I'll stop at some point. It says, I am the true vine, and my father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine, no more can ye except ye abide in me. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me ye can do nothing. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch, and is withered. And men gather them, and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. If ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified, that ye bear much fruit. So shall ye be my disciples. As the Father hath loved me, so have I loved you. Continue in my love. If ye keep my commandments, ye shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things have I spoken unto you, that my joy might remain in you, and that your joy might be full. This is my commandment, that ye love one another as I have loved you. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Ye are my friends, if you do whatsoever I command you. Henceforth, I call you not servants, for the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth. But I have called you friends for all things that I have heard of my Father I have made known unto you. Ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that ye should go and bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain, that whosoever ye shall ask of the Father in my name, I'm sorry, that whatsoever ye shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it to you. These things I command you, that ye love one another. The world hate you. Ye know that it hateth me before it hated you. If ye were of the world, the world would love his own. But because ye are not of the world, but I have chosen you out of the world, therefore, the world hated you. This has been another live episode of the Butterfly Evolution Show. Tammy and I want to thank you guys for being so faithful and always tuning in and supporting the show. We hope you got something out of it and that you will continue to build on it throughout the week. We hope that you have a blessed week and a great night. We'll see you again next Monday. Same time. Sunday. 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 We'll see you Sunday. We will see you Sunday.
9 a.m., not 9 p.m. Eastern Time, but 9 a.m. Eastern Time and 8 a.m. Central Time. We'll see you Sunday. Good night, everybody. But he winds up knocking me.